0: Welcome to Radio Tamboa, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. Greetings to you, our dear listeners. My name is Rogers atwembire the director of the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, I have the privilege of sharing with you about God's Word and helping you to understand especially the series that we are working through. The series entitled, What Did Jesus Really Mean? Please notice we are saying, What did Jesus really mean? Not, What did Jesus say? We know what Jesus said from the Scriptures. We can read His teachings, His sermons on the mountain, There is so much we know about Jesus by what he said. What we often are not sure about though is what did Jesus mean by what he said? Now you will remember that Jesus was the most powerful, effective teacher or communicator of his day. That in his teachings, in his preachings, he was a man of remarkable wisdom, a man of authority and power as he proclaimed his message. No wonder even the religious leaders of the day concurred that never before had a man of his caliber risen anywhere to speak with such power and authority. Yet in Jesus' teachings, he made several astounding statements that leave any reader of the Bible bewildered, that quite often we are left wondering, what did Jesus really mean by this? You mean Jesus could have said this? You mean Jesus, what could he mean exactly? And as you can imagine, a lot of Jesus' words, a lot of Jesus' sayings and teachings have been misunderstood. They have been misinterpreted and they have been misapplied, leading to gross deception and destruction. Remember that Jesus is at the center of the Christian faith. If Jesus is false, the whole Christianity falls with him. If we get it wrong on who Jesus is and what he has done or said, we will surely get it wrong on every other doctrine of scripture and the Christian faith at large. Understanding what Jesus said and what he meant is extremely important in as far as Christianity is concerned, our eternal destiny is concerned, or our fruitful, effective Christian living is concerned. Which is why we've been looking at this series, What Did Jesus Really Mean? And so today we have the privilege of looking at one of the Bible passages where Jesus teaches... And a passage that has a number of statements in it that can be confusing or even very easily misunderstood. A passage that leaves us wondering what Jesus really meant and how we are supposed to understand and apply that in our daily lives. Now this particular passage is in the Gospel of John chapter 14 and I would like to read the first 12 verses and then we will pick out our question that we will respond to. So, John chapter 14, I read, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak them on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the words themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Powerful passage, right? Indeed, great points and great teaching. But I hope you also realize that a passage, it's a passage with some of the hard statements and hard teachings that probably we have read in this uh, so short a time. That Jesus is making statements to the extent that even the disciples themselves are confused and they don't know what they what he's talking about in according to the context Jesus is talking about his going back to heaven he will soon die he will soon resurrect he will soon ascend into heaven and he is telling his disciples when i have gone back to my father i will prepare a place for you Then one day I will come back and pick you, so that where I am, you also will be. And one of the disciples, Soma, asks him, But we don't know the way, so how can we follow you? And Jesus replies, But Soma, you know the way. I am the way, and the truth and the life. No one clearly comes to the Father except through me. And he says, I hope you know the Father, right? And Philip says, Please, show us the Father. Show us the Father, and that will be enough. And Jesus responded, saying, you mean you do not know the Father up to this stage? After all this long time I have been with you? And Jesus says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And that's where we have our question for today. So what is the question? The question is, since Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, does this mean the Father has a physical body like Jesus does? If Jesus is a physical human being, and he is with his disciples visibly, tangibly, they can see him, they can talk with him. And he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Does that mean that the Father equally has a human body? Now, I know some of you might be laughing and thinking, Come on, everybody knows that God the Father does not have a human body. Actually, not everybody knows that or believes that. We have so many Christian denominations today, churches, individual believers, who actually teach that God has a physical human body. I know of this particular group, and that is growing very much in this part of Africa today, that claims that God was once a man just just like you and I, and then he slowly progressed into God. And the basic teaching is just as God was man and he became God, You also who are now men will become God if you adhere to the teachings of our church. In other words, what they are saying is that God today, just like Jesus, exists with a human body. He is partly human and partly divine. Now, as absurd as that may sound, so many people actually innocently or ignorantly do believe this. And to your surprise, they will quote several Bible passages to draw this conclusion. One of those is John 14 verse 9 that we have just read about, where Jesus says, whoever has seen me has seen the father. Now the question is, does Jesus really mean that he is the father? Or does he mean that in him is the father? And therefore, since he has a human body and he is like the father, therefore the father must have a human body. Is that what Jesus was really saying? Before we even answer that question, it is important that we remember and have a general understanding of who really God is. And if there is anything that scripture consistently attests to, is that God is not a human being like you and me. In fact, the psalmist Kotsi writes and says that God is so big that nothing can contain him in terms of time and space, that heaven is his seat and the earth is his footstool. Can anybody build anything for him? Such a huge kind of description would not really describe somebody who is a human being, right? The one who sits in heaven and puts his feet or his legs here on earth. That would be a monster, not really a human being. You read John chapter 4, where Jesus is in a conversation with the Samaritan woman. And this Samaritan woman is asking about the place of worship. And she's saying, how come you Jews worship in Jerusalem while we Samaritans worship on the mountain? And what does Jesus say? Believe me, woman, a time has come and a time is coming. When true worshippers will neither worship in Jerusalem or on the mountain, but will worship in spirit and in truth. For God is spirit and desires the kind of people that worship him, to worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus himself has already affirmed that God is not a human being like you and I. That God does not possess a physical body. On the contrary, that God is spirit. And for somebody therefore to come and make another conclusion that God is a human being like Jesus was, is to disregard the entire and consistent testimony of scripture and selectively pick out passages that that speak to whatever he has decided is true. Look at the apostle Paul writes in second corinthians chapter 3 especially from verses 17 the apostle paul writes and says that now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is spirit. Within these two verses alone, you have the word spirit appearing like four or five times. And the apostle Paul is making it in the affirmative that the Lord by nature, in his nature, in his essence, is actually spirit. So when Jesus said that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, He simply meant that he is the perfect revelation of God. Jesus' mission on earth, his words, his works, all centered on the revelation of the Father. That by looking at Jesus for who he was and what he did and what he said, humanity was to get a picture of who the Father is and how he behaves and how he relates with men. Do you remember that Jesus had earlier said, in the gospel of john that he became a man specifically to reveal the father to mankind he says in john 1 verse 18 no one has ever seen god but god the one and only that is jesus christ who is at the father's side has made him known that in the incarnation of jesus Or even the sole purpose of Jesus becoming man was so that he could reveal the super God, the infinite God, the sovereign God, to finite human beings, apart from whom human beings would never understand or comprehend God by themselves. Which is why Jesus could say that when a person looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. The father is in me and I am in him. That's why he could say that whoever accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. He says that in John chapter 13 verse 20. So what are some of those ways in which Jesus actually did reveal the Father? Again, we find the same verses in the Gospel of John. For instance, if you look at John chapter 3 verse 2, he reveals God's awesome power. In his miracles, in his signs, in his wonders, he reveals a God who is super powerful, a God whose power transcends the domain of creation, a God who is supernatural in every sense of the word. He reveals the supernormal, the supernatural character of our sovereign God. You read 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24. The apostle Paul talks about God's incredible wisdom as revealed in Jesus. That by looking at Jesus, listening to Jesus, learning from Jesus, reading about Jesus, we are exposed to such a unique wisdom that no man can ever fathom. A wisdom that can only be found in God, who is the all-wise, all-knowing God. That we get a glimpse of the wisdom of god as it is revealed in the person of jesus christ but jesus also does reveal the father in his boundless love if anyone was ever to understand the depth and the height the width and the breadth of God's love he could only see it in Jesus Christ that in Jesus we see a God of love beyond compare no wonder John would write in John chapter 3 verse 16 and he would say for God so loved the world that he gave the basis for the coming of Jesus the basis for his death on the cross the basis for his resurrection from the dead the basis This is for the salvation of all mankind. It stems from for God so loved. And how do we see that love in action? We see it in the person of Jesus. He comes among men. He lives among men. He loves them in spite of their failures and their sinfulness and their wickedness and their sufferings and their all sorts of undesirable things you can imagine. Not only does he love them in displaying his power, performing miracles, in feeding the sick, the hungry, in healing the sick, in restoring the lame and the deaf and the dumb and the blind. But in John 13, we are told that when Jesus knew that his time to go back to the Father had come, having loved his own who were in the world, he now loved them to the furthermost limits of his life. He now loved them unto death. He now loved them till the end. What do you understand when you hear such a passage? What is such a powerful verse? that the love of God is climactically and powerfully embodied and demonstrated in the person of Jesus. In his laying down of his life, in his self-sacrifice, in his serving of those even who were below him, he demonstrated a God of love, love without strings, love beyond compare, love that is unconditional. And it is only in the person of Jesus that we see such a climactic love like never before. We see God's grace as it is revealed in Jesus again. So every time we look at Jesus, we see the attributes of the Father, we see the nature of the Father, we see the works of the Father, we hear the words of the Father. No wonder Jesus could say, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. No wonder he could say that he does not do anything on his own authority, but he only does that which he sees the Father doing, he only does that which the Father tells him to do, he only cares and fulfills the will of God. Because he is here for the Father's sake. He is here to reveal the Father. He is here to do everything the Father has asked him to do. When you see Jesus, you see the perfect representative, the perfect representation of who God is. No wonder he was called Emmanuel, God without us god among us because the sole purpose of his coming on us of everything he said of everything he did was for the father and was done in the father and was done through him by the father so jesus is saying philip thomas you people who still are asking about the father all you need is to look at me i have been with you all this while you mean in everything i have said in everything i have done even with your eyes seeing you mean you still do not believe you still do not realize that the father is the one who does all these things through me in other words the father that jesus is talking about he's talking about him in terms of relationship not physical nature or body By Jesus saying, if you have seen the Father, you have seen me. He's not saying that Jesus has a human body like, rather God has a human body like Jesus was. What he is saying is that the Father and I are one in relationship, in spirit, in thinking, in will, in power, in authority, in goal, in purpose, in mission. I only do what the Father would do. And whatever I have done is what the father has done. The works of Jesus are attributed to the father and the works of the father are attributed to the son. That's what Jesus is saying. So if you want to see the Father, look at Jesus. If you want to know how the Father would love, look at Jesus. If you want to know how the Father's grace looks like, look at Jesus. If you want to know the Father's power, look at Jesus as he performs miracles and signs and wonders. That's what Jesus is talking about. But some people have looked at this verse and have concluded, That the Father is also a limited being with a human body just like you and I. That the Father is just not spirit as he has revealed himself in scripture. And from that they have gotten all sorts of doctrines where eventually they have concluded that God is not as powerful as we think him to be. In fact, he also needs our help to save us. So there is a part he plays and there is a part we play. Is that the testimony of Scripture, brothers and sisters? Clearly from what we have read and what we have gathered from the passage today, there is no doubt whatsoever that Jesus has been misunderstood, that those who teach that the Father has a physical human body continue to do so at the disregard of the testimony of Scripture, and they do so at their own peril. It is unfortunate that many of us, innocently or ignorantly, we'll gallibly trust some of our Christian leaders who no doubt teach things that have been taken out of the context of scripture, and eventually we harm ourselves spiritually or even eternally and my prayer and my cry to you brothers and sisters, is that we would never fall into the snare of such selective erroneous teaching that is not supported by scripture, that we would be students of the word, men and women hungry for truth, that we would diligently, like the believers in church at Berea, search the scriptures to make sure that what we are hearing from our preachers today is consistent with what the Bible has already said, that we not only believe people or because they say they are worth believing or because they use the phrase the Bible says or because they say they read from the Bible but we believe them only in as far as whatever it is they are teaching is in agreement with the consistent testimony of scripture. Biblical truth is not truth because the pastor said it is. Biblical truth is not truth because majority believe it. Biblical truth is not truth because it is easier to understand. Biblical truth is truth because it is consistent with the inspired word of god the scriptures it is consistent with the entirety of the whole bible it is in agreement with what several other scriptural passages have already said or indicated and it is so because it is in the word of god when we encounter people Who would like us to believe things because they received revelations from above? We must bring those revelations under the searchlight of Scripture and make sure that they are in consistent harmony with what Scripture has already said. Today we have lots of people who will come up with all sorts of revelations, allegedly claiming that God has spoken to them. But how do we know the man through whom God has spoken or the one through whom God has not spoken to? We search the scriptures, not just verses or phrases, but the entirety of the context of scripture, and that's how we know that even people who believe that the Father has a human body like Jesus are indeed not being faithful to scripture, are not true to the doctrine, are not true to the Christian faith, and therefore we must beware, we must shun them, and like the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 21-22, We are called to test everything, to hold fast to what is true, and to abstain from every form of evil. May the Lord bless you as you contemplate and ponder on these words. May the Lord keep you hungry for truth, for you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Amen. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.